0: Hello and welcome to the next edition of this harrington Star podcast, whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to, or our diversity and inclusion specials. We hope you're enjoying the shows, and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Debbie Forster, the CEO of the Tech Talent Charter. Debbie is an award-winning leader and a recognized figure in the areas of diversity, tech, innovation, and education, and was named by Computer Weekly as the most influential woman in UK IT for 2019. So obviously, there's no no wonder why why I'm interviewing her today. <laughs> <laughs> um, Debbie, you've also been awarded an MBE um, in January of 2017 for services to digital technology and tech development, and Women in Science and Engineering Wise named you Woman of the Year for 2016. That is a big, big intro. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so tell us all about the Tech Talent Charter. So, the Tech
0: Town Charter, we're a not-for-profit organization that leads a movement to address inequality in the UK tech sector and to really drive inclusion and diversity in a practical and uniquely measurable way. I mean, ultimately, our goal is that the UK tech sector becomes truly inclusive and a reflection of the society in which it represents. Um, We work at scale. We address the whole of the tech tech ecosystem as a whole to drive change. And we focus on the how, not just the why of inclusion. You know, we don't do the roundtable events and why there's no women in tech. Um, we bring communities together. We support the underrepresented. We focus on the practical, on moving the dial to really drive inclusion and diversity in the tech industry.
1: I think that's what makes you guys so unique. Um, there is a lot of talk, you know, as I did the intro here, I love, I love the fact that you walk the talk. Um, tell us a bit about um where this inspiration came from because I know it's quite personal to you.
0: Well, it was there was a group of us. I um, about 2015 2016 was running a not for profit edtech charity. We'd reached 75,000 young people, half of whom were girls. Now that, you know, 50% girls, women, etc. is never said in relation to tech. So I found myself getting pulled into a lot of these discussions and lots of roundtables and lots of talking about it and um, Sinead Bunting who at the time was at Monster was had come to the space and had a real passion and wanted to do something. And, and she had the idea of a charter and she gathered a few of us together. My comment was, and there may have been a glass of wine involved, was if I have to go mm-hmm. to one more damn round table event on why there's no women in tech, my head is going to explode. If I go to one more thing where a corporate has spent lots of money and time reinventing the wheel that's just been done down the road, I'm, I'm going to start telling the truth and getting in trouble for it. But if we're not going to do that, then then sign me up. And there was a group of us who did this on top of the day job, trying to figure out how could we bring organizations together. And then by 2017, I had already been planning to step back from my charity. I wanted to start portfolio work. And I said to the group, because we were only getting so far, everyone doing it on the day job. I said, okay, um, in a moment of either inspiration or insanity, I said, well, why don't I do it middle of my desk just for a while to see what happens? So that was 2017. Mm -hmm. That was the year of gender pay reporting. Weinstein, Me Too, President's Club. Big year, big year. year. And it's, I love Churchill's never waste a good crisis. Yeah. So we had a crisis. We were able to ride it. So by March of that year, government um, got wind of us talked to us put us in their digital strategy put us gave us a little bit of seed funding by christmas we were 100 signatories. um we're about to hit 500 so it's just sort of galloped from there and along the way you know we've really refined what we're doing mm-hmm. so this is diversity and inclusion in its fullest sense this is we needed to start somewhere so we started with gender, but we're expanding from there. And this is the whole ecosystem. This problem is so broken. You can't fix it by just doing something in schools or just doing something and starting one initiative. It's, and so we break, base this, we predicate this on everybody's in this together. We stop treating things like a trade secret. We focus on what's practical. We accept that there is no magic bullet. We gather data, which scares the life out of companies, but we're doing it, and it's the whole ecosystem. So I have recruiters and consultants and employers, not just tech employers. So yes, we have Microsoft and Salesforce and Cisco, but we have Lloyd's Bank, Mm -hmm. we have Sky TV, we have Cancer Research UK and Domino's Pizza. We have startups, we have SMEs, we have recruiters who are trying to do something different in the space. And we have organizations who are doing amazing stuff on the ground with the underrepresented groups. When you get that ecosystem together, get people who get it and aren't gonna debate, does diversity work? But actually, how do we make it work? Talk Mm -hmm. about what's broken? That's where the magic starts happening. And we're we're just seeing some real um, green shoots of growth. COVID raises a question over everything but we're still hearing from companies that are on the journey and they do want to keep moving forward.
1: Mm. And this is why I wanted to share your story on the pod today, because a lot of the the listeners and a lot of the people that I have uh, invited onto the pod, they want to make change happen. But there's often the question of where do I start and what the hell do I do? But I love the fact that I think we're probably all in unison that it's it, we're beyond the why why is there only 17 yeah. you know it's let, look, let's park that and let's actually do something moving forward and it's not just one silver bullet there's a number of things that we yeah. need to be doing so i think what i'd love for you just to talk us through now is you know how can companies get involved um to support you in what you do and learn from you
0: Okay. Well, the first thing is join. It's free. So the, you know, the first question is, oh, but how much is this going to cost me? Nothing. Right. It is free to join. When companies join, they're committing that they've got a senior signatory that makes sure something happens internally. They have a plan on what they're doing internally, that they're willing to collaborate and share. That's key. Key one that scares the life out of them is, and they're willing to share data. Annually, we take in data that we anonymize and aggregate and turn into part of our toolkit or allows them to measure So what can they do? They? Externally can join when they join it's about then joining in on our online events sharing things online with us sharing with us to go into our open playbook case studies tools thought pieces we bring it together there's a lot you know a lot of times companies will come to me and say you know what you need to do you know what you need to do debbie you need to do this and what i love is i can say you know what i don't need to here's three of our partners who do here's an amazing organization who's doing this so let me let you talk to this company who's already been doing it so this sharing of things mean we have now a, a very full and growing weekly open playbook of best practice so if you want to figure out what do i do for recruitment retention retraining programs how do i become more disability friendly how can i be more anti-racist as an employer what we've got is dozens of examples of things that you can do and for companies who are new on the journey it's where you learn if you're already on the journey it's the way to raise your profile to do that the other thing they can do is introduce other companies. And then the third thing they do is share their data with us. Now, I am, I am a bit of a cow about this. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only thing we require, and we're rapidly, we've just begun the period in which there's a whole lot of people out there who are going to hate me, all right? I know it. I can feel the growing anger. In August and September is our data gathering, and this is a mandatory piece where companies are submitting data to us that is not easy to do. The larger the company, the more data that needs to be crunched. It's not a comfortable thing to do. I think it scares the life out of some companies, and if they do it, I smile, and they stay in the Tech Talent Charter. If they don't, I will chase them within an inch of their life, and then and I will kick them out. So we did, in our first year, we kicked out 20% of our members. Last year was 15.
1: Wow, good for you.
0: Well, and it was a real dark night of the soul when we did it. When we were first starting, when you talk about having 100 members and talk about kicking out 20%, that's terrifying. But it went back to when we actually investigated each of the companies that didn't submit data, it meant that they hadn't done one of those first three things. So they didn't actually have the senior signatory who was committed to doing this and and really signing it off. They didn't actually have the plan that meant they got the data in place or third, that they actually weren't comfortable with collaborating and doing those sorts of things. So it did mean we kicked them out. And what we found is it has raised our credibility. It has raised the, the impact that we have and companies are using it. So what we do with that data, as well as having this report that comes out in January that tells us from our members, and our members are between sort of six and 13% of the rest of the country in terms of diversity. It allows us to start digging in and understanding, for example, our micro companies are absolutely leading the way. The companies that are small and get it can get it really well, really fast. Mm -hmm. We found out things like companies who are investing in retraining and returners programs are getting well ahead of the rest. And then an interesting one, because it was controversial, it doesn't work for everyone, but companies who are monitoring and setting targets around short lists diverse shortlists. So it's not a target on hiring or a quota, but they are having a requirement of wherever possible, they have at least one woman on a shortlist, they are getting ahead of the others. The thing that it makes it valuable for our members is the last thing we do with that data is we turn those into benchmarking tools. So it means that companies in the safety of their own building can look at their data to say, look, actually on this one and this and this metric, we're ahead of the game, hurrah. Mm-hmm. And I the, oh God, oh God, oh God, we're really behind. And that provides the impetus to go back to the open playbook and start working.
1: Well, I think that's that's fascinating. And I'm a massive, massive supporter of what you've just said there. If you don't have the sponsorship right, then these are companies that are just talking about the issue rather than walking to ensure that change happens. So I have so much respect because... I completely agree with you. When you've got 100 people that have signed up and you're now waving goodbye to 20 of them, that that's a really bold move. But of course, you've got much more credibility because of that. Um, you just touched upon a couple of uh, key wins there, um, which I'd like to, to investigate a bit more um, because I think it's really important Uh, For me, when we share the wins that we're having um, in in the industry and just then you spoke about it's not necessarily about people that get hired, but people that get shortlisted. And if there's one number in there, um, have there been other key wins that you've um, that you've noticed recently that you'd share with us? So.
0: A few things that I would say. First of all, we're seeing, and, you know, if companies, so I talked about what they could do externally,
1: Mm.
0: what I'd recommend that they're doing internally are the companies that are really getting ahead are the ones that don't see the way I fix diversity is through recruitment. You can't, you can't start at that point. And it's also getting companies to start flipping the discussion, talking less about diversity and inclusion and starting about inclusion and diversity. So the companies that are really doubling down on using the data and understanding and starting to change the culture is really important because otherwise you can find these companies that are very much um, are able to attract them, but they have the leaky pipeline. People get in and come out and drop out. So it's getting that data and that culture right. And culture is so much more than policies. And it's so much more than an announcement from the C-suite. It is what you were talking about. It is taking people with you. It's helping everyone see how this is a win for everyone. This is not a zero-sum game. Mm
1: -hmm. When we
0: talk about inclusion diversity, this is about everyone bringing their whole self to work. This is not um, white middle-aged man, bad, everyone else good. It's actually really helping everyone see and taking everyone with you on we all need inclusion. You know, I I say to when I talk to men in the room, if you're never going to get old, ill or injured, if you're never going to have mental health problems, if you're never going to have children or parents and none of them are ever going to fall unwell, if you're never going to have a problem in your life, then you probably don't need inclusion but if any of those things might happen to you at any point in your life and remember i said get older mm, yeah. then you then human. you need, yeah exactly <laughs> you need to build an inclusive environment yeah. and i think it is about involving all, because i do know there's a number of white middle class men who would like to help and it is about seeing i worry when we have the women only events and they think it's done or we have just the employer support groups and that's done. We need champions, allies at all levels of all groups of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is about creating those things together. So those are the sort of internal things. The other thing I think where I'm seeing some real wins, if we know and accept that there's not enough talent in the pipeline, and if we know one of those reasons is because we're not getting it right in schools. And that's not to say we ignore what's happening in schools. We are, we have a partner charter that is called Tech She Can, that's really trying to dig in on what's happening to the under 18s and in the schools. Mm-hmm. And there's Institute of Coding looking at what's happening in universities. But even if they all got this fixed by next Tuesday, which they won't, <laughs> it's 10 years before we're gonna fill it in the yeah. marketplace. Mm-hmm. So if we're gonna do that, then we have to realize that returners, career conversion retraining are absolutely that is my takeaway to people and it's interesting i said it a year ago (laughs) we said it in the report um that we said that those alternate routes into tech and flexible working were two key things that if companies can get flexible remote working and this alternate route in it's great okay covid right so anyone that did flexible remote working didn't find COVID easy but they were already on the journey And then if we think about the returner retraining program, we know we've never had enough people in tech before. We know a lot of people are being displaced from jobs. Those are some intelligent, talented, enthusiastic people. If we can then take that, remove barriers, get the returners and the retraining piece going, we can get something that not just powers companies, but that can help to power the economy back to some positive state and so we've got some companies of all sizes that are really rethinking what are they doing on the returner schemes the retraining schemes thinking about on returner schemes when people are returning from other things do they have to come back to full-time work does it have to be in the office those are the ones and starting those conversations that are pushing our companies which i said are already ahead of the the norm even farther ahead
1: Mm -hmm. interesting there's so many interesting things that you said there and i just want us to reiterate um you started as a gender focus but this is a much wider thing now so just tell us a little bit more about that because i really want us to be able to hammer that home to the listeners that there is so much how-to that you provide at the tech charter and people just need to sign up yeah and i we've
0: been saying for a long time we, we needed to look more widely because remember i said this starts with inclusion You know, and when we talk about inclusion, inclusion means we're looking at how to attract more women. We're trying to attract more BAME. It's just looking at what are we doing about disability, neurodiversity, mental health. It is bringing everyone along. So we, before Christmas, realized, and what was really nice, we knew internally we wanted to start broadening that focus. Not that we had gender fixed. Gender is not fixed. I absolutely say that. Mm. But we're seeing the beginnings. But if we're going to do that, I'm going to talk first from a company lens and then I'm going to talk to women in your audience. So from a company lens, if, if we're getting women in, but we're still not looking at things like social inclusion, we're still not looking at ethnicity, we're still not bringing in everyone that we need to do. Now, as a charter... We approach that in the same way that we did gender, which is that we didn't march in and say, hi, we're here to fix ethnicity. What we do is we go in and we find partners. So we're looking at companies and organizations that are already making great inroads into thinking about things like ethnicity. And we began reaching out to groups that are tackling it. We don't pretend to be the expert of anything. We bring them together. So what we said in our January event was that the two areas we most wanted to double down were ethnicity and social inclusion. We do wanna keep looking. I think disability is that third piece that we've gotta keep looking at, and it is the wider piece. But if you look at what happened in COVID, in COVID the people greatest in, with the greatest impact were women and were the socially um, excluded. And then if you look at what happened in um, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter wasn't that there was suddenly a problem. It was there was suddenly a a big spotlight thrown on it, just like Mm. I said back in 2017. And what that showed us is, let's be clear, and you can hear from my accent, I'm originally from the U.S., I now live in the U.K., our problem is different from the U.S., but it doesn't make it not a significant problem. And there is still so much to tackle in terms of what we're doing so we've been continuing to look at and bring together groups we have things called um hackathons they're virtual we bring together Mm -hmm. groups of people who have expertise in the area we just had our hackathon on friday present to us and they give us things to go into open playbook and oh my god you'll have to see what came out Mm -hmm. the work that came through on looking at um black inclusion from wow. the education and allyship piece, from looking at how do we recruit better, how do we grow and retain, at looking at, you know, how do we then create those support groups within the company, the, the, and the materials these people produce that then draw on all the materials out there. Really exciting. So where companies want to figure out, well, what do I do don't just start with a blank sheet of paper. Start with your data. Start with what you know of your culture. Then look at something in the playbook and then pick up what there's, there's stuff you can begin working on and starting on working on and have it in your office by tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, then what I say to women is this, because we did have some women feel uneasy. Does this mean we're not, you know, this is fit? No, I'm not abandoning this at all. But we always said from the start, if in the charter, all we did was to bring white middle-class women to the table, that's not inclusive. And I wanna change the dynamic. What I'm saying is we as women are getting our foot in the door. We are getting our place at the table, not enough, but the key is then we kick the door open. We reshape the table. And we have to go on the same education we have asked men to go to understand what can we do in relation to ethnicity. And even what I was talking about a minute ago, you know, when I say that we've done things on black inclusion, that is the starting point for what we need to do on ethnicity. You know, ethnicity is much wider and deeper than just black inclusion. We really need to grapple and understand what should we be doing in terms of disability? What should we be doing for neurodiversity? What should we be doing about ageism in the workplace? We need to model, we need to walk the walk on inclusion for more than just ourselves. So as well as us as women looking to find where we can find, be, where we can find our own allies and champions, we then need to be asking ourselves as individuals, who am I an ally to? Who am I championing that doesn't look or come from my background? And and we need to show ourselves and we need to model the kind of humility we wanted men to do when we needed to change it. And it is, I hear a lot of people then saying to me, and I hear even women saying to me, oh, I'm really uncomfortable. We have got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. We've got to get comfortable with and have a humility to accept we will get it wrong and be willing to get it wrong and be corrected and learn in the same way we needed others to do that for us. So I think in in talking to all of us, even to say intersectionality, I want to just say this is about everyone. This is about inclusion for all. And even thinking and looking at, you know, some of those men that we would say, but that is a typical white middle, we don't know that. Strip that back. There may be mental health. There may be, we don't. No, we need to stop looking for enemies. We need to build alliances and partnerships to move it on for all of us. Mm. Because the system that is making it hard for us is, is making it hard for men. It's killing men. You know, we only have to, we, we know about sexism and what it means for women, but we also know there is toxic masculinity. This is about winning it for all, us all. And we need to involve everyone in the solution as well
1: well i absolutely love that sentiment that we need to look for partnerships we need to look for alliances let's stop identifying and looking for enemies i think that's such a good note to to draw the pod to an end because i think from everything i've just listened to there I can imagine the people I work with, whether it's an individual or whether it's a company, they can they want to make the change happen, but they sometimes feel so overwhelmed by how much needs to be done. And just then, you said, "Look, one tiny change. You could have that in place by tomorrow," and that's starting to make the difference. And the minute that we bring these barriers of identifying the problems down and start thinking, "How can we pull together and and use each other to yes. find a solution?" It becomes more it becomes more like you're able to actually handle yes. this big change. And, yes. and and just as you were saying about the ecosystem and being able to support one another and lean on one another to make this change. And that's what I love about the um, the, the tech talent charter. And I've got to say, we're, we're going to be doing the, um, the data. Uh, I've already got it in the diary. Um, I'm sitting with somebody to do right, it. So you'll be cursing yes, my name. So well, I'm
0: apologizing now that you're going to think, Oh my God, why did I ever listen to Debbie? But it's our first so
1: I don't know what it will be like, but I, I promise you now, and everyone listening, we are doing it. Harrington Star is part of the Tech Talent Challenge. Fantastic. And for me, I wanted everybody to hear this story. I wanted to, I wanted them to hear your journey, Debbie, because I think everything I've seen so far of what you do, I, I massively back it. I love the how. Thank the how is, is something that I think is so important. So... Um, just as a final question um, for people to follow you to learn more about you I think I know the answer sign up right?
0: Absolutely and if you go to tech talent Charter, old one word .co.uk you'll find all that you need and, and
1: ways to start getting involved straight away Excellent Debbie thank you so much for being part of Women of FinTech No I really appreciate series. it thanks for having been me It's been a great chat thank you Alright <laughs>